Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Mateo, extra special episode today. Good. Actually, good afternoon. Normally, it's morning, but we're recording this afternoon. How are you? I'm fantastic, brother. How are you? I'm good. Season three, episode 20. Got a very special guy, very special announcement on today. We're going to dive right into it. Uh, Ryan Bailey, CEO of TNS, TravelNet Solutions, CEO of Track, co-founder, founder, like it's been a while, man. Tell us, tell us. Yeah, yeah. Co-founder, co-founder of TNS, Travelnet Solutions. Always good to be on and and chat with you guys. So um, I'm fortunate that yeah that you invited me on. Well, uh, we're, we're, we're fortunate, man. We've been wanting to get you for a while. So no, this is uh, this is exciting for John and I. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, there's you know a couple of reschedules, but we're here. We're finally made it. You know, That's we all uh, my fault. That's all it, my fault. It is. I mean, I I mean, it is. It's it's not mine. <laughs> I, I'll definitely, that's definitely your fault. It's no problem. Yeah. Um, excited you're on. Uh, big announcement came out mm-hmm. today. Uh, you all went ahead and we, we're going to go ahead and dive into this, but you acquired majority stake in Rented. Um, and so this, you know, we're better together with the announcement of better together. Love to hear about that and, and yes. kind of where we're at. And then we can kind of go back to the beginning. Like we really want to learn about you. But let's talk yeah. about you know the Here's big breaking news. news today. Yeah, we're we're super excited, thrilled to to bring Andrew and uh, in his team. You know, love the product, what they're doing for us strategically. As we mentioned at our our big next conference, and and many as we've been talking to a lot of our customers, M and A is definitely a future, a uh, big part of our future. It's not a roll up. It's more we're going to be thoughtful about where are the gaps in our products and our solutions, our suite. And we want to fill those gaps either by building something new or, or acquiring it. And we just, we fell in love with, with Andrew's product and his team and, and um, just love his story. Right. I mean, yeah. the multiple pivots, he found something and, and he's, uh, he's done a real excellent job. Great leader, great thought leader in the industry and and super excited to bring him and his team into the, into the fold. And, and it's kind of like, I'm a salt and pepper type person. So like salt and pepper are better together. So track and rented will be, will be better together. So I love this. I love this partnership. I, I love what this brings to, to TNS and to, and to the track, you know, platform or however you're going to go ahead and if you're embedding it or what you're going to do with it in the future. The the question I have uh, with it, and I know a lot of people that are listening that haven't seen your, your newsletter that goes out and talking about this is what does that mean for your other pricing, uh, you know, you know, partnerships you know you're already you have partnerships with wheelhouse and and mm-hmm. and beyond and, and price labs you know and, and some others you know what does that mean for them is that still status quo same old same old you know what is this yeah i think i think it's uh part of our philosophy right like freedom of choice is is important right and but we don't mince any words about it like we want to build the best platform, the gold standard in the industry. And at the same time, it's not an or, right? Like a best of breed, or are you an all-in-one solution, right? We really think it's a function of and. So you, we're going to build the best platform we can build. But I think it's one of those things like, we also want to keep our ecosystem honest, right? Like people don't rest in their laurels 
uh, we're going to build the best tool. And it's kind of like Salesforce. I love their model, right? So they built a bunch of tools within their marketplace, but they also acquired a company like, for example, Exact Target, which uh, acquired Pardo, so marketing automation. Well, we use HubSpot. It's still connected into, into Salesforce, right? So they still have an eco, uh, ecosystem and it's open. It gives freedom of choice to your customer, but we want our customer to choose the best solution, right? And if we don't innovate and we don't innovate our products, no one's going to buy rented just because they're together, right? Like we need to still make sure we have the best product and we need to make sure that um, in our ecosystem, we want Beyond and Wheelhouse and all the other partners to make sure that they continue to innovate for the betterment of our customers in a, in a super competitive world where everyone wants the best owners and uh, they need the best technology to to go through this digital transformation. So philosophically, that's kind of our, that's been our approach and that's how we see it into the future. That's awesome. You you talk in, for those that don't know, and I think most everyone knows, I spent two years at as a senior solutions consultant for Track. Uh, so Ryan and I have had some history, a uh, good history. I I left on on super positive terms. Great um, one of the good ones we let get away. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, snap! Um, the you know, and and to look at it too, it's like you know, and Teo comes from you know, we were chatting about this right before we hit record. Yeah. Teo cut his teeth um, in the space. You know, when you're talking about the, all the pivots with with rented, you know, Mateo was there early on with rented. Uh, so he knows Mickey and, and that holds, you know, Andrew and that whole team very, very well. Uh, so it's just interesting this, you know, bringing this all together. Where do you see, like, I, I guess the, the question I have about about this too is, you know, the interesting thing about the rented acquisition for for TNS is rented also uses, it doesn't, behind the scenes, the rented is, don't they have a partnership with Price Labs as well, which you already have? So it's, how does that all work together? I think it's a part of the, the overall ecosystem that, right, like we're all going to work together to make the industry better and stronger. And we're all going to make, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to try to do our best to ensure that the customer, our end customer has a fully integrated solution, right? And uh, the best tech and the best service that we can offer for, for our customers. I think it's interesting, you know, I get it. I, I think it's, I think it makes sense. I think it's, I think it's a bold move for the industry, but I get it, it coming from that culture, working with Andrew and Mickey and, and Cliff and those guys and having been through different iterations of what rent it was and what it's become. So I get it. But what do you say to the people that are kind of scratching their head or so like, they can't see the vision? I get it. I, I understand exactly what you guys are trying to build and from what you're saying. What do you have to say to the people that are like, why rent it? Right. Yeah. I think. Just from a macro view, like as we go into the next 12 to 18, 24 months, I mean, I think pricing is going to be even more important in how you manage uh, revenue and, and de- de- uh, you know, develop a, a professional revenue management system, infrastructure, people process within your company. And I think it's an, a, a very important time that the platform leaders like us have to step into some of these areas and really make sure that the innovation happens, particularly in this in this suite of of solutions that we want to offer, uh, pricing we think is is going to be very very important as you know recession pricing uh, being able to occupancy comes down uh, revenue how do you still maintain a strong rev par you know all those will be uh, signals that we're going to look to and and I think uh, more than ever before companies are going to need uh, a solution and a service um, that, that you know that can meet the needs of 
of what they're trying to accomplish for their owners. Ultimately, if they don't have owners, they don't have gas. So I think it's super important that that we have a service and a tech side to that to best support our customers. And and you know, I think a big part of that is right, like you can do a roll up or you can buy companies, but how do you offer like from the customer experience, how do you offer that single pane of glass, right? Like think about it. Uh, these managers, you have to log in and out of all these different softwares. And then you have a monthly review because everyone wants to have a customer success right. review, right. right? You're calling all these different support departments and then that API is down. And, and so we think there's a world and it's not an all or nothing, right? We just think there's a lot of people that are really hungry for a single pane of glass login to one overarching platform. Um, I deal with one success manager. I work with one. I consolidate my vendors. I consolidate my technology footprint. Um, I'm not saying the whole industry wants that. I'm just saying I think uh, what our customers continue to tell us, I think there's a real hunger for that. And I think pricing and revenue management is a critical component to their business. And it fits really, really nicely into um, our company. And uh, their core values and mission and vision align really well with ours. And so we're really excited about this, uh, this opportunity to work together with Andrew and his, and his team. To kind of expand on that too, the, the art, you know, the pricing tool art, like the UX and UI is, is seamless. It's smooth. Like I've, I've demoed it. It's, it makes a ton of sense. It's easy to use. And it's, you know, and if you're going ahead and offering a new solution, you want something that isn't cumbersome and art is not cumbersome at all. It's mm. in, you know, it's a great acquisition. I, I'm, I'm excited for you all. The question I have, what about for, for your current users, you know, whether it be TNS or track or whatever, and they're using a certain things or for rented users, is anything going to change in the near future for them? Or is it status quo? Same old, same old. Yeah. If, if, if a company's using a different system, a different revenue management system, like we, we want to build the industry's ecosystem, right? So if you're going to build an industry ecosystem, um, of course, we want them to buy our solutions, right? But if our customer is using other solutions, that's, you know, they have the freedom of choice to do that. And we're going to su still support that as best as we can, because whether you're using our API or you're using our functional product, that's still our brand, right? And our brand promise is we're going to transform um, how hospitality works and we care about our customers' businesses and we're for the enterprise, right? This isn't just you go and use the product. We believe the enterprise is more than just using technology, it's about the relationship. Um, because we know and we believe that the enterprise wants to engage in relationship and have that customer service and that care. And so you can't say that's your vision or that's your North Star, and then all of a sudden you don't offer a great API and ecosystem um, if a company wants to use a competitive product. And so I'm 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 a huge believer in in living out that that brand brand promise and be integrous with with our word and, and our actions. So um, we're going to still continue it. to provide and, that. And you did it with the, and, I, and, I, and I'm stumbling on the previous name, but when you acquired, yes, uh, when, yes which is now Alice, mm -hmm. you know, you, it was, you know, it doesn't, everything doesn't, you know, everything, there's, there's always some hiccups, but at the same time, like you acknowledged and you, you maintain the, the relationships and you gave everyone, you know, equal option to do whatever they want. And, and Alice is a great product. Yeah. And you're doing some amazing things and you're supporting and, and you've scaled that exponentially, like seeing the numbers that are coming off of uh, Tim's team and Michelle's team, you know, or Matt's team this year. I love following what you guys are doing and, you know, crushing, crushing, you know, yearly goals already and, and having to raise those. It's pretty phenomenal to see what you've done with Guest Stream and, you know, and bringing into, you know, bringing that into the fold. 
and that was truly it wasn't your first acquisition because we can kind of and I'll let's let's kind of go back in time here a little bit and let's yeah. talk about how you came about it. But I want to lead up to you know what happened in July twenty sixth this year, and which it, which has made a lot of this you know you know what we're able to do. Let's talk. How the hell does Ryan Bailey get into into this? Like what what made you stumble into this world? Yeah. So from the very very beginning, uh, the genesis of the story, or or do you yeah. want to talk about BCEP and the July twenty sixth and what that? No, meant? no. Let, let, let's talk genesis to July, and then then, yeah. then we kind of go to, to some yeah. BCEP. So uh, you know, back in the early two thousands, my brother and I and and another partner, they were the two programmers. They were uh, they got into building a, an online booking engine. It was called Availability Tracker, and Availability Tracker was, I mean, it was a pretty primitive online booking engine. It was nothing more than literally a calendar, and we we put the put it in a web based application. Right, and so we're up here in the Midwest in Minnesota, and. So we had a bunch of fishing lodges. We were putting on it like, hey, don't you know, $12 million will book online this year. This is late 90s, early 2000s. And and uh, you need an online availability, online booking engine. So that's how that was the very, very beginning, how we started cutting cutting our teeth. And, you know, I was uh, marketing sales, more of the business side. And, you know, I tried to sell it for, you know, the first six months I was in college, my college uh, basement, right? So my brother and I and Darren, we had this big vision of building an online booking engine. And and always our dream in the beginning was, uh, you know, to be able to work from home and be entrepreneurs, right? And right. go build this, this SaaS solution. It wasn't even really SaaS back then. It was just a web-based application. Right. And I, uh, so I'd never done sales before. And I started, uh, started cold calling uh, fishing lodges and rental companies, anyone that would listen to me about booking, taking, you know, uh, broadcasting, you know, putting their availability on their website, taking online reservations, taking e-commerce bookings. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, I didn't make a sale for six months. And what's even more sad about that is like, I was trying to give it away for free. And so like, <laughs> all in all, that's just the problem, right? Like, right. Uh, but, but I don't know, whatever. I mean, I mean, to be fair, you're, you're ahead of your time. Like, like right. this wasn't, it still wasn't really a thing yet in the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. Like we're yeah. just like, we're just getting into it. Online was still like, it was rudimentary. It was, yeah. it was dial up. It was. Netscape. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we quickly grew. We, we, over the next year, we grew to like, I don't know, 400 installs. So we had 400 companies using our online booking engine. And then I was the the site I was on, I was like a yellow pages. I was prospecting on this site, the site called resortsandlodges.com. And so I called up the CEO of that company. I said, hey, you have 9,000 of these resorts, lodges, these rental companies all over your website, all over North America, all over the world. And they all need an online booking engine. And long story short, he's like, well, you know, this isn't a business. This is a, this is a, a, a research project at Michigan State University. We had a few million dollar grant from NASA and it was built on a content management system called Cognation, right? So it was a project within uh, the computer science department at Michigan State University to build this enterprise content management system called Cognation. And so resortsandlodges.com was nothing more than just a vehicle as a test product to go and, and use that. So these kids had put 9,000 listings, written all the content, but it was doing about 180,000 visitors a year organically from, you know, 
the Googles of the world and, you know, Yahoo and, and from, from the SERPs, uh, search engines. Netscape and AOL back. I mean, yeah. this was yeah, man. dial up, dial up. And so, uh, long story short said, Hey, why don't you buy us? Well, you know, I'm in college at the time bias me like dot com just went dot bomb. This is like 2001, 2002. And, uh, so we went to Wells Fargo. No one would give no institutional bank would give us any money. So, uh, Somehow we convinced each other, my brother and, and Darren, uh, each took a, took a loan out on their homes, second mortgage. And we d- drove to Detroit, Michigan, and we bought resortsandlaws.com for $200,000 in April of 2003. And uh, that site was doing about 180,000 visitors. And in a few years, we grew to about seven, seven and a half million visitors. Um, wow. So we had some pretty awesome growth. And, and uh, resortsandlaws.com, the whole model was, hey, John, go get your rental company right? Starcrest Vacationals in Gatlinburg or Oak Haven Resort, go get right. listed on resortsandlodges.com for $2,000 a year, right? And so we grew that whole business up to about 2,000 uh, listings, you know, so it was like a four or $5 million a year subscription business and a uh, nice little business that we built. But always our vision was back to that availability tracker was to be able to build that that system or record, that platform in the cloud, right? And so we we built a company called Res Tracker in 040506. And that was our first foray foray into building a cloud-based property management system well before track. Right. right. And so we had availability tracker and res tracker was our property management system built in the cloud. And it was just too early. People are like, I'm not putting my financials on the cloud. What's the cloud? And so we 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 learned a lot of lessons in that failure, right? We only sold about 20 companies on it. We invested millions of dollars into it. And, and so we learned a lot in that, in that failure. And, uh, and so we had built a, a lot of different fragmented solutions. So we built phone, phone analytics, right? A call tracking software uh, that would be able to track advertising on resorts and lodges. And so we had this, this vision. It just wasn't really super clear. And it finally became much more clear in 2014 when we acquired a little company called Resortzilla out of Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. And that is what is today's track, right? So if you think about it, 20 years ago, right, we're still coloring in the same lines we were 20 years ago. Availability tracker is Atlas. Mm-hmm. You know, VM Global is our digital marketing solutions. Resortsandlaws.com, you know, marketplace. Res Tracker is today our, our PMS, our property management system. The vision wasn't as clear back then it is today, but in all respects, we were still coloring in those same lines that that we were, you know, trying to twenty years ago. And so, uh, up well, in, in, in every failure, in every you know, every roadblock, you, know, you learn, you pivot, and you come back stronger. I mean, you're rich you know, for it. For sure. I mean the. I mean, track, you know, let's chat real quickly about the, you know, about where your track really became the whole Southern, you know, working with Southern and and let's talk about that a little bit yeah. and, and and what that did for track and for um, the call center solution. Yeah. And, and then, and then, you know, I mean, truly, you know, the, the blessing and it, it would have happened anyways, but the blessing of the V12 sunset uh, was just yeah. like a, Oh, you were talking yeah. about some some rays earlier. Yeah, a- amen. And 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 so when we thought when so in 2014, when when we went into 2014, everyone's like, well, geez, you know, last three years, this whole push around enterprise. Well, that was really the vision back in 2014. So we and we acquired Resortzilla. We said, hey, one of the failures we made is 
in res tracker we went out and started building that for like five unit little rental companies or little small like resorts or boutique hotels and this time around we said hey let's not go down market let's start and win in the enterprise right like let's go straight after the enterprise forget this down market and go right into the enterprise and so we signed southern and we took a, a small little investment from them and another uh uh, player in the industry, and we partnered with them. And so from 2014, and we went and sold it a few times into the into the market, but we only had a few customers on our PMS. So um, when we bought the company, it had already been working on it for like two, three years. So when we bought it, it's like three years old. So 2014, 15, 16, 17, you know, we didn't sell the PMS, right? Because some of the guidance we had from industry vets were like, hey, man, don't go to market with this thing until it's truly ready. So we just banged on this, you know, it was like, we just banged on this for years and years on the PMS, but the whole strategy is like, Hey, let's go sell our track pulse call center solution, compete against Navis, land in something a little bit easier to land. And then a huge heavy ERP and let's go build relationships and show companies that we can really perform for them in the CRM space and the call center software space. And so. Um, all the, while, all while at the same time, like knocking out the kinks at a company that's yeah. twelve hundred units. Yeah, like you're, you're like where you're building it specifically hand in hand for with the enterprise, with yeah. enterprise, and with Southern in mind. It's like if you can go ahead and you could work with a twelve hundred unit company, which is now larger than that, but at the time it was twelve hundred yeah. units. Like of course, if you can win there, and you're building in the relationships you are on your on the pulse side, you're doing this oh, year, yeah. year, you know. Well, Scott C and and Chad Blankenship and their whole crew there. I mean, they just banged on our accounting system, right? I mean, banged our accounting system for five years, right? And I mean, we just kept innovating it, building building this platform, and uh, we just kind of really kept it under the you know behind the curtains until we were really ready because we knew that, and and maybe we didn't know it would happen as soon, but we always believed that there would be another turn, right? So when you think about streamline and their growth right? Property plus shutdown. So there's always uh, a cycle of on-prem or antiquated software that that goes through the cycle and then a new player steps up. And we wanted to be ready and prepared for that next cycle in terms of, uh, you know, the next PMS. We just didn't realize, you know, V12 would would happen uh, so quickly. And and it was just an incredible, incredible uh, opportunistic uh, nice. event that happened. And um, it was the fuel that, you know, we were at the right place, the right time. And, you know, and we had built this platform and, you know, but through the last 20 years, right, like grittiness is, is been through the blood of TNS for 20 years, right? I mean, up until we, you know, raised capital with Blue Star Innovation Partners here in July, we've been bootstrapped for 20 years, right? So yeah. like, we never raised any major institutional funding. And uh, we had built up a, a really healthy business and a diversified uh, suite of products. And, and, but that was always a big part of my brother and I, I mean, our, our vision of like, hey, let's reinvest everything we have and build for the future, you know? And, and a lot of entrepreneurs, like, I think it's easy to like take this short view or, or short term and, you know, like you really got to have a long term and play the, you know, the long game. And, you know, it's worked out well you know, for us and we're blessed and grateful, but there's still, I mean, there's still a tremendous amount of work to do um, to really see out this full vision of this fully integrated platform 
um, that we're excited to, to partner with Blue Star when we when we close that deal here in in July. So, but there's a lot more to talk about that, which is yeah. a whole other. Definitely get it. We're gonna dig into Blue Star in a minute, but before we do that, I think you know, I think there's a lot of gems that you just gave the industry in terms of you know, I think it says a lot about you, a lot about your leadership style, a lot about vision. When you're talking about something that we don't see people do often, and that's really work in a baited manner, like work with a patient manner, with a focus in mind and not settling for, I think a lot of times people read books or just go to market, figure it out. It'll all work out. It doesn't necessarily work that way. And I think when you see, you know, success, you know, with these products that have been thoughtfully put together, that have taken experiences, the highs and the lows, what you learned in those three years, right? You know, during that time, it, it was, you know, th that's never the part of the story that gets told, but that's right. usually where a lot of the magic really happens and the growth and transition and the, and the maturity happens within that space. And I think, I just, you know, what do you want the industry to learn from your story other than patience is key Yeah, and, and yeah. delivering a good product is key. Yeah. I think always keeping to that North star. Right. And I'm not saying we always had one clear North star in 20 some years. Right. But we were always uh, super important about our people and our, our customers. Right. And if, and if, you know, if you really sit down and you truly sit down and try to learn and understand your customers' problems right? Or their issues. We've been fortunate enough to, to figure out uh, ways to build products or solutions around that, right? And then you build that and you're like, okay, I'm just going to really fix just something in their business that is they're having a strug struggle with generating leads to their business, right? So, or generating traffic to their business. So like in the early 2000s, our customers were like, hey, they had a business card, they had a website. And it's like, well, how do I get traffic to my website? So we were opportunistic and said, hey, Resortsandlaws.com, this is a way to get traffic to your website, um, vertical websites, niche travel websites. And so that was just one example of understand your customer and understand their, their problems and, and really spend time with them. Uh, but a lot of people say, well, with all the success and all this growth, and I think you you nailed it a little bit there is what people forget is like, yeah, sure. It's like a 22-year overnight success story, right? Right, right. Right. All the grinding, all the, you know, like all the thousands and thousands of hours, the long nights, the, you know, trying to make payroll, right? And, you know, shoot, a lot of people don't, you know, hear the story of we got the company up to 50 people. And when, you know, the market crash in 2009, 2010, we went down to 11 people, you know, like, John, you've been to our offices. We have a 25,000 square foot campus. We had just built that building and right. 11 and you know, you got a 25,000 square foot campus, you go down to, 11. you know, nine, 11. 10, 11 people, right? Like, well, and then it happened again in COVID, you know, you know like, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I don't want to lose sight too. And, and all this stuff talking about, you know, your core group of people, you know, it's just, you got a bunch of studs on your team. Like, yeah, like yeah. they've been with you forever. And I can list like 20 people that are, are, you know, if any one of them were gone, you wouldn't be the company that you are today, oh, you know, and, so and true. you have some of the truly on, there's some of the smartest people, some of the most outside the box thinking people in our industry are behind the scenes. They're not even like public figures on your, on your team. You might see them at a show. You might see mm -hmm. them here or there, but like, like all this Dan Johansson, 
I have a conversation with a guy, like I just, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm stupid. I'm, <laughs> it's one of the smartest people. And, and you got like five or six of those guys that, and gals on your team that are just like, wow, like I could suck knowledge That's from right. them all day, every day. Right. Yeah. And I think when you find those great people and we have a lot of amazing people in, in the company and for me, and then with our leadership team, we talk a lot about, or I try to share with everyone like, Hey, you know, you get to choose us. I mean, how hard it is to get talent, you know, like, Hey, I'm just coming into John. Thank you for choosing travel net today. Like you could really work wherever you want to work. The job market's frothy. Like, thank you for choosing travel net. And I think that, um, we, as leaders, we just gotta, we gotta do more of that. And, uh, you know, our people have so much freedom of choice, the remote work. And, uh, you know, it's always been for our company, it's always been bigger than just, uh, you know, this overall vision and mission we're trying to accomplish and, and help with our, our, our customers and our, our people. And one of the things that we've always done is, you know, sharing the fruit, right. And, you know, if we stick together and we build something great and, uh, you know, you share in the fruit, sharing the fruit along the way and, um, you know, sharing the fruit could mean a lot of things. And right. it's all about being humble and it's all about uh, not taking all the credit, right? Like it's easy to get in a leadership position and say, hey, I'm going to take all the credit or I built this or, right? But it's it's not about that. Sharing the fruit means we all share, right? We're all building something great together and it's bigger than any individual person. And, um, you know, for me, I, that's inspiring for me when I work within a team, right? Like you want to feel you're wanted, you want to feel like you're contributing and, and you're, you're moving something forward and you're accomplishing something. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to, to have a, a few runs at that. Right. Well, it's, it's all about your Navy, right? Yep. Amen. Yeah. The, uh, in an article with uh, Environmental talking about um, the Amy Heido did um, back in July, talking about the acquisition, you said that you predict that TNS will be a unicorn in this decade, uh, valued at over a billion. Do you still stick with that? You know, I talk a lot about being <laughs> humble and hungry, right? And I think that's like some of my hungry side that came out of me. Um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, you don't have to yeah. justify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I mean, okay like, if you don't, those that don't cast a vision, like, you perish. Like, we got to set a big vision. We got to set a big dream. You know, you got to dream big. And, um, uh, we've always dreamt big in, in our company. So we want to be the gold standard and as a technology provider. And hey, there's going to be billion-dollar companies created in and through 100%. this industry, right? Like, why can't we at TravelNet, right? So we are. Like, that's-, you know, that's and what I, do. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that too. And, you know, I want to be, you know, very clear, you know, those that know that that I, I work for TravelNet, I was there for two years. I left in great terms and not because any, like everything was, is everything that Ryan said, it was truly, it was the first company mm -hmm. that went, what they, what they told me I was going to make or what I had potential to make, I actually made. It wasn't like fluff, like you know, on a sales role, you come into a company and they're like, oh yeah, you can, you know, you know, you're possibly you can make this. You guys came through everything from, from you take care, you took care of your people, from, you know, from all ends of it. And so I, I very much appreciated that. Um, and my wife and I, we chat about that often. It's like, man, like leading up to travel net, it was like a lot of like, you know, pie in the sky shit. 
And, and it never, and that's what it always turned out to be with somebody, you know, I came into the industry, worked at a couple of different companies before I came to Travelnet and all great companies, but they didn't come through the way Track did and Travelnet did, um, you know, and, and I left for another opportunity, uh, which I'm very happy to be at. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to, to see, to see, because not everyone can actually back that. Right. Mm. You say you say that, hey, this is who we are. This is our company. This is who we are. This is our culture. Right. And culture fits huge today. But not everyone can come through with with what they're putting on their, you know, their job, you know, yeah. their postings and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it's very it's very it's very hard to do. Right. It's very hard to do. And sometimes it's not even the fault of, you know, the you know, anyone. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just like you got to have that that perfect timing and the group of people and customers that believe in you and they believe in this mission and everyone's on board and then this magic happens and then you got to have the right leadership in place like when you start getting success right you start getting success you're growing your revenue more customers more people right what's the values of the leaders in the company right is it take it all for themselves and take the glory for themselves or is it really is it really ultimately about the people and is it really ultimately about an industry? And, um, you know, I'm just a huge person on humility, right? Like, you know, you stay humble and hungry and, uh, and great things people in, in great things happen. Right. Cause everyone can get excited, right. For six months or a year. And I'm going to go make this on target earnings. And this is a big revenue goal and we're going to be a billion dollar company. Like, but that doesn't move the needle, right? Like, after a while that that like that's not going to satisfy the human condition right like that wears off there's got to be something bigger guys than just that's what we're going after right it's got to be transformative and i think that's part of the recipe in tns today well and i think that too you know looking at you know where you had come from and even like when i met you you know over four years ago or five years ago when we met the first time to to you know I think as as a company grows, leadership grows as well, not just like in in growing as you're making more money, but you evolve into a better yes. leader. And I think that, you know, the hardest thing from, you know, sitting and putting myself in a leadership shoes is, is having a leader that it can actually go ahead and take a step back and be like, man, I hired the fucking smartest people for them to do this job. And now I need to take a step back and allow them to do the job that I hired them to do because I hired someone that's smarter than me at that. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people and, you know, in a, in a leadership in a C, in any C level. And I can assume it was hard for you. you know, I heard it was hard for you and some, you know, maybe, um, but to yeah. be able to now step back and be like, man, I hired these are these are the people we hired together. We made this joint decision. We're going to hire the best of the best, and now I can go back and focus on being a captain of the navy here and allow allow my crew to do or our crew to do the job they are hired to do. Yeah, that's egoless leadership, though, right? Like that's really what it is at the, at the end of the day. If you're able to set aside that portion of your leadership spirit to empower your team, like. Yeah. Yeah, it's they very yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very hard to do. It's very hard to do to as an entrepreneur. It's it's very hard to do as an entrepreneur, you know, because when you you know, I've been in a business for 20 years like I know every facet of the business. I know every role, you know, like right. because you had to do it, right? Like right. I was in the early years, I was in collections. I was, you know, you're doing all right. these roles. Right. And so 
I think the hardest thing is like to go through the different phases. You know, some people can only do the phase zero to 5 million and then some can only do the, you know, the five to 10 million or the 10, you know, and you hear all these different stages. And I think really there's a lot of people that can do them. It's just, are you willing to seek the help and are you hungry enough to learn and adapt? And, you know, that's been one of my biggest is I've had to change a lot and adapt and let the people execute, right? And find ways to go, okay, John, if I let go, what is good going to look like? And, or what do the metrics look like, right? Like, what would this look like if it was good and it was thriving? And let's come to agreement on that. And then, yeah, then I know that 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 baseline over there on that ship in, you know, the XC200 is that ship's rocking and rolling. And, um, but that takes a lot of time uh, to, to get there um Build or that trust. maybe not for others yeah. but it's ta- it's taken me longer than i would probably like to admit on on your podcast so uh, <laughs> but i'm gonna admit it i have a question for you why blue star i, I there was there's i'm sure there was tons of you know suitors um there was tons of opportunity there's there's multiple conversations with different directions why blue star and what are the you know in a, in a caveat to that is what are they going to bring to TNS that, you know, and this is not probably part of the same answer that the others wouldn't or couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was a, a tremendous amount of interest, obviously. Right. And, um, we had over a hundred companies that were interested and, uh, but it, it, it came down to like, I'm not done yet. Right. Right. The vision's not done. Uh, there's so much more uh, the proverbial wood to chop, you know, there's just a, a lot to get done. And what I was really excited about was the main four partners that we worked through the process, you know, they all ran uh, businesses themselves, right? And they ran companies and they they operated large companies. And that was very exciting to me because I was going to be able to work with these four people that had been in my shoes and had built large companies and good, bad, and ugly, everything along the way. And so I don't stub my toe, um, be able to partner. And it wasn't like a, a, a investor coming in with theory of like, hey, this is what I've heard could work. And it's like, no, you literally took a company from there. You were running a multi-billion dollar company and uh, having major change in an, in an industry, right? And so um, that was one of them, right? Like true operators in a business. And there was, uh, you know, not all PE firms, uh, you don't have that. And so we had a really good connection with these four group of people. And, um, and then also, uh, they had a, a company that we really connected well with, right? It's a vertical company. Mm-hmm. It's called storable and it's in the storage space, right? So vertical software and very similar parallels in the story. And so, and how they grew, what they had, they had a marketplace, like we had resorts and lodges, they had a marketplace called Sparefoot, and they had uh, a lot of different products that they they offered to the industry at Storable. And so getting to know, know the folks over there, uh, it just, it was cool being able to spit rap back and forth about, you know, some of the, the, the dead bodies lying around the challenges mm-hmm. we all faced and, and uh, hey, look, these guys grew it to a, a $2 billion uh, company. Right. And so when they took on private equity, uh, they grew it um, all the way up to to two billion dollars. And and so being able to partner with that and their experience and what I loved is they had at their core was a PMS, very similar to what we had. 
And we were super aligned on like, hey, if we build the best PMS, all um, more and more opportunities come, right? And where companies can, it can be dangerous is, right? You want to start chasing a bunch of shiny objects, new opportunities, right? And people lose focus in on that core PMS and that can be a problem. And so uh, they were huge proponents of that. And they're, they're big, also big proponents of like industry. So the way we, you know, and John, when you're at TravelNet, you saw this is, hey, the industry is a massive industry. And so there's not a winner take all we want to be, but um, that mindset of if we take care of the industry and the industry is thriving, right, Never then happened. we're going to be able to be a part of that. And right. so um, it's like an industry first approach, like let's build for the best industry we can. And that includes everything from, you know, uh, software to employment, you know, like the how the whole e industry ecosystem works. And they were big proponents of that, like, hey, if the storage industry is growing, we have a great position to be in that. And so there's a lot of alignment there of like, hey, we're not just people that are just going to look through the lens of a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. We have like true operating experience and and we have a, a very similar business that we've all been in and seen um, that we were investors in at a company called Storable. And among that, you know, flew down there, they flew up here, you know, and and part of it is like, hey, man, it's just, it's, it's really a uh, similar in business, right? Like when you meet a prospective customer and you have that really good, that connective tissue and that relationship and that gut feeling of, and, and we wanted someone really involved, right? Like we didn't want like, hey, let's just meet a couple times a year and silent investor. We wanted someone really involved to like help us grow this thing and really take advantage of this window of opportunity that we have. So in my, you know, I kind of take it back to, you know, obviously, you know, to Milo, a, a client of tracks, you know, the B trips, you know, Milo, Milo is a huge proponent of, you know, when he was shopping software and we, when he made the decision to go ahead and, and choose track, he would, you know, he would encourage anyone he spoke to, to go to the office, meet the team, uh, get, you know, like really involve yourself, embed yourself into their systems and what they're doing and, and get to know behind the scenes. Yeah. And, you know, he flew to you all, he flew to Streamline, he flew to, you know, flew yeah. in, met all these teams. And, and it's a, a it's symbiotic relationship when you're trying to go ahead, you're interviewing, but you're also being interviewed. Right. And, and being open to that. And it sounds like you're doing a, you know, obviously took a very similar approach. Yeah, yeah very much. And they, uh, you know, they're obviously interviewing, right? With the type of capital that they were looking to invest in, you know, like they got to believe in the team. They got to believe in what we're doing um, to make all that work. And so, you know, we're a hundred days in this thing and right. I've just been super blown away. Like everything they said they're doing and mm -hmm. like, they're so, I mean, they're just phenomenal human beings, right? Like that's just what it comes down to. They're phenomenal human beings and they want to help and they want to support our company. And um, the people that we're able to hire and uh, the people that we're able to add into the team and the new innovations we can do, the mergers and acquisitions we can do, as we as we talked about with with rented, because it's not just about doing a merger acquisition and bringing in the software, adding the product better, right? Like there's also a ma massive like acquire human component to it, right? Like 100%. how do you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, we have now Andrew on our team, right? And. Mm -hmm. We have all of his people, right, that he brought on, and they're all a part of the TNS team. And all of a sudden, that starts to spread throughout TNS. It's like you become stronger and stronger. So it's not just go and do an acquisition, right? There's also a massive team component, human component to it. 
um, when it's really hard to hire really talented folks, guys, you know, one of the ways you can do that is through uh, acquisitions. So that's, that's a part of our strategy to build the talent and to onboard people that have that, that experience that we're going to need to be able to provide for our customers, the promise that we've, you know, we've told them we're going to deliver. <laughs> right. Yeah. So my one question with the Blue Star, you know, relationship is, you know, a lot of times that world doesn't understand our world very well, right? Mm -hmm. Like they understand business, they understand profitability, depending on where they came from, you know, you know, maybe they, they have a, a, a kind of, I would say associate relationship to the business, but what we do here is really human based, right? Like it's core, their customer, your customer uh, of the, the property manager, do they understand really their world and, and what, I know they see your vision and what you're building, but do they, are they learning the industry still, or do they have a pretty good grasp on the industry that they've, you know, started this relationship in? Yeah, they're, they're, uh, very quick studies, but hey, they've been looking to invest in this industry for, you know, they didn't just start looking when Travelnet was looking to raise, right? They've been in and through the industry and looking at and doing research and planning. And and so I feel they're they're understanding, they get, you know, they're they're understanding the the industry and they see the opportunity. But I, I think one of the things that again it goes back to this example that company I'm was sharing about storable, right? And mm -hmm two very similar industries, right? Like a uh, vacational industry, we've been known to be sometimes, you know, a little cottagey, right? And mm -hmm. uh, a little bit different than, you know, all of us graduated from Cornell and we're all running, you know, Four Seasons hotels, right? Like that's not, that's not necessarily our, our industry, right? right. And I think right. The, the world they came from and invested in, in Storable, there's a lot of parallels and similarities there. Mm -hmm. And Kind of a mom and pop mentality for some when of they, when they would when they would talk about their experiences in that industry you know i would be giggling inside because i'm like that's totally us right that's totally right. our industry right. and so there was just instantaneous just this good connective tissue between what they saw and the challenges to put investment and capital to, to help build what they were trying to do there's a lot of similar similarities in in our space and you know there's always trepidation, right? Like when they saw it, private equity came into their market, right? We saw private equity come in our market heavily yeah. um, four years ago with, with uh, Streamline and Habit and Blue Tent and, you know, that whole thing, right? But, you know, I, I don't think it's a money thing. I don't think it's an investment thing, right? I think it's comes down to the management and leadership and and how you roll out and, and like, hey, what's the vision? What's the plan? Because, uh, you know, hey, look at look at what VTrips is doing. Like th they've raised capital, whether it be yeah. traditional bank or private equity, or they're using right. money to grow their organization. And you know, our industry is going through a major transformation right now. Right, yeah. more and more money's yeah. coming in because it's becoming a bigger industry. And if you're gonna like, we couldn't bootstrap any longer to meet the demands of these V-trips, right. like right. how do we go add 20 engineers as a bootstrap company and be able to do that without a major capital partner behind us to meet the demands? And if we don't meet the demands, they're just going to leave us anyways, right? So it was, it was a necessity. It was a, it was a yeah. timing and necessity. You had gotten right. to scale where you, where you could, you know, bootstrap it, you know, smartly. But now you're to the position where like you have so many, you know, clients and partners that, that you need to take care of. 
And if you don't actually come through for them, you're going to lose them. Amen. But let's talk, let's, let's quickly talk about, it. I know we got to wrap it up here soon, yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I want to talk about, you know, you got this investment, you're, you know, this is the first big announcement of, of I'm assuming of many, like you're not going to get investment and not going to keep on acquiring, like you're, you're an M&A company now, like that's, you, you've, you alluded to that earlier, you're going to grow and scale via smart mergers and acquisitions. I know for there are some more on the horizon. I don't know who went in. You're not going to tell me right now, and I'm, I'm okay with that. But what I, what I want to know is when are we hearing the next announcement? Right. All of that to, for that. All of that for that. When, when, uh, when, I mean, what's next? What's new? Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, like, we're again, we're not going to just buy a bunch of companies, right? Because then it's a, it's a terrible experience for the customer. So we got to be really thoughtful about what we're acquiring. But, you know, in 2023, we'll have more that we'll be announcing that, that, you know, more exciting announcements. And, and it's, again, it's all about making our platform stronger and ultimately having uh, a integrated, truly integrated experience for our customers. So, more to Better come. Together. Better together. So, and and we love you uh, breaking the news here on uh, on our podcast. So we're going to hold you to uh, the next big announcement too. So Absolutely. just why I believe John will be all over you for that. Hey man, I'm I'm ready to jump on anytime. And uh, just I got to tie my schedule down. And and but I'm apologizing for that again. And, oh, and no worries. Look, it happens. All the I just time. like giving you shit. Yeah. No, he does. I love it. Well, it's always it's always great to see you guys and yeah. and uh, you guys uh, seriously what you guys are doing for the industry with this podcast and uh, it's all about knowledge, man. And you guys are spreading that knowledge and and supporting our industry. So I really appreciate that too. And anytime I can support you and, and help you, I'd love to do it. And uh, appreciate you guys. No, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on and telling your story. Thanks. Appreciate it, Ryan. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.